Hey love, welcome to this week's episode of Another Phase. If you're new here, thank you so much for choosing to tune in. I'm the host, Tamara Dreesen, and if you've been following this series for a little while, I hope that you've been enjoying all of these lunar-inspired conversations so far. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Livy Iesnas. Livy is a human design reader. If you've never heard of human design before, do not worry, all will be revealed, so stay tuned. But let me just tell you this, when I first discovered human design and what my type was, it literally blew my mind. And I just, yeah, feel like everybody should know what human design is and have a little bit of awareness around what their type is and their design, because human design is like a blueprint for our soul. And kind of how we best navigate our way through life and often the way that we navigate best through life isn't the way that we think we should if that makes sense but I think it will make sense more (laughs) as you listen to this episode but I think so many of us are programmed and find a lot of conflict and confusion when we are being pulled one way, but our intuition is pulling us a different way. And understanding our human design type can really help us have a greater awareness of what that's really all about and really claim what is actually our superpowers. For me, speaking from my experience and from my friends that know about their human design, it's so liberating. Like it's so um, empowering because it just gives you this kind of permission slip to do things differently and to actually do things your way in a way that feels good for you. So yeah, I'm super excited for you to learn more about all of this. But this is actually the second time that I've recorded with Livy for this podcast episode. There was actually an issue on my side with the recording the first time. There was this like weird, mysterious, loud knocking, which affected their sound quality. And I mean, every time I record an episode for this podcast, I learn something new. And sometimes that's from getting things wrong. But I'm totally here for that. That's cool because it just makes me a better person and this a stronger podcast, hopefully. (laughs) But yeah, when we're trying to decide what to do about the noise disruption, I'd suggested to Chris from the pod farm who edits my podcast that I would like maybe try and re-record my bits in the conversation. But when I listened back to see like kind of write out a little scripts on you what to say when, I realized it would sound so ridiculous and unnatural because of the way that these conversations flow um but yeah so we decided to record again and I'm really grateful to Livy for being so generous with her time the only thing is (laughs) that even though we spoke about human design in both recordings the conversation flowed in two very different directions which I think is really fascinating um and I totally love that but then it just put me in this predicament because I was like oh, now I've got two podcasts episodes that are wicked one that's not so great because it's got this weird knocking but what do I do with them because I don't want to waste that one um because yeah like I said there was so much good stuff that I thought that was going to help other people So what I ended up doing is a little poll on Instagram stories, as you do, to just see what other people would um, thought was best and what they would like to hear. And I was actually really surprised that so many people said that they would they wanted me to share it regardless of the knocking um, and that, yeah, they would rather they're there for the chat 
and the content rather than the quality. I mean, I know a sound, a nice listening experience is better. And that is what you're going to have in this one, because what you are listening to here is the second recording. But at the end of this episode, I will let you know how to tune into the first recording. So Livy, for anybody who doesn't know you or is new to your work, would you mind just like introducing yourself? Yeah, cool. <laughs> so I'm Livy and I work with the human design system. So this is a modality, a kind of framework to help people get deeper in touch with themselves to sort of develop their sense of self-awareness. Um, and it is similar to astrology, but... Um, but different. It combines the wisdoms of different philosophies. Um, and it's really for the soul searchers who are seeking to find their purpose in life. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. I work with people one-to-one and um, yeah, really enjoy it. Yeah. And like, how did you get into it? How did you find human design? Yeah, so it'd been a bit of a journey, really. Um, it didn't kind of just like land in my lap um, whilst I was like Googling. I'd <laughs> been on this, yeah, this sort of deeper journey of exploration where I hadn't been happy at all in my day job. Um, I was working as a lawyer and I was totally unfulfilled. Um, and you know, when the body just starts to kind of speak to you, and it's like, I just knew deep down that this wasn't right for me. Um, and because I'd spent a long time sort of chasing that work and studying and committing, um, I, there was something resisting in me that didn't want to let it go. But that was overcome by the feeling of just knowing it was, it was so wrong. Mm. Um, and so I took myself off traveling for a little while and um, I ended up going to South America and um yeah went into the jungle when had a beautiful ayahuasca experience and I don't I mean that wasn't necessarily the catalyst of it but within a few months of having gone on that journey the human design sort of then came to me mm. and how did you find out about it so I was working I was I was joining this group of conscious lawyers at the time I was in a group of um, women who were trying to bring awareness to practicing law in a conscious way okay and one of them spoke to me about it um, and I hadn't really um, like I hadn't heard of it I'd sort of yeah so many people haven't heard of it before and I'm like everybody needs to know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so I just started Googling it and then I started listening to all these podcasts and um, I can't remember, like, yeah, I must have seen on Instagram like people talking about it or whatever and then I just went down this journey, this rabbit hole um, and I booked in a reading with an ex-lawyer um, who I didn't know was an ex-lawyer. What, did, what, they did human design? Yeah. Was a human design reader? Yeah, yeah. So um, it was all these weird some kind of synchronicities that started to appear when I was just yeah opening up this doorway um and yeah she'd shared a similar story and I think uh, we connected for um well maybe the right reasons and she helped me open up this whole pathway um and I haven't looked back <laughs> wow and how like has it been for you like bridging that gap from, from working in law 
yeah to then being a human design reader but how because I know personally well I think collectively we have so much programming around how we earn our money mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. work and what work yes. should be and I know that I had I was like when I was still hairdressing part of me really wanted to um pursue all of my wall sister sister like things like full time even though technically I was like mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I was cutting 100%. down my day <laughs> so even yeah. technically if you add all those hours up it is full time but I really had to do some reprogramming around my kind of beliefs around how yes. I earn my money and the potential of that because I'd never seen anybody really successfully doing what I wanted to do and yeah. I like my boyfriend was like he's Taurus moon so he's like all about financial security yes. <laughs> don't take any risks <laughs> he wants mm-hmm. like guarantees and so he was like don't give up your day job like, yeah. like you just don't you don't know how it's going to go blah 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 and like my mum was like just it's nobody really kind of got it and I think it's just that classic if you haven't seen someone do it you don't know it's possible 100% but I had to do a lot of like programming around um yeah like that I could earn money doing what I want and also not so much reprogramming but acknowledging the fact that I already was mm, so that I, yeah so that I could kind of track it so it's not like oh right I've got to believe that it's possible it's like no hang on a minute look like this is what I'm earning if I do this and if yes. I keep doing that then that's how I can pay pay however much but yeah how is it for you mm-hmm. going because I feel like law to then like human design so different like how was that for you like how how were people around you like about what you wanted to do and yeah yeah it's such a great question and I, I really empathize with like what you're saying about that kind of yeah those those beliefs that maybe um are projected onto you and you experience as conditioning and um I had um I had a lot of like money mindset work to do as well I've got I've got lots of planets in the second house um you know all to do with possession and all of this money stuff that kept coming back at me and was kind of frightening me Mm. and I had to do some work around that because I was experiencing the fears of other people um really holding on to them tightly but I knew deep down in my gut that this was the right way I couldn't there was no other explanation than just this intuitive feeling of like this is what I need to do and yes there was this financial security attached with being a lawyer but I was so miserable that this drive within me was kind of there to move me forward and you know the whole reason I'd become a lawyer was because of the expectations of my my parents and society and you know climbing this kind of ladder in this path um, and it was a leap, but I don't think you make kind of transformation without moving outside of your comfort zone mm. and, um, and yeah, believing, having that self-belief that it is possible. Um, so yeah, I was, I had this fear sort of mindset with the security piece. And I remember speaking to you about it um, a while ago and I think you suggested to me, like, could you maybe reduce the hours down as um, a lawyer, which is what you what you, what you've done with the hairdressing yeah. and um I actually handed in my notice with the intention of signing up well actually signing up as like um, a freelance or more of like a consultancy type role mm-hmm. but human design picked up so much that I didn't have to um and then yeah things have just sort of flourished and um, when I let go of those beliefs and I sort of initially identified them um around the money piece and the security piece and and just shifted and reprogrammed, like you say, I was able to move with my work more freely and not like in this scarcity 
Um, and I think that is a huge um, worry that people have, like, you know, wanting to pursue their passion, but actually like, oh, I've got a mortgage and I've got two kids to pay for. Yeah. Um, or a cat. Or a dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of those, all of those things, you know, those responsibilities. Mm. Um, and the way it kind of worked for me was just to put my passion first. Mm. So yeah, even if initially it didn't, um, you know, it didn't bring in any money. I was like reading for friends for free. And um, I was just doing it because I was so passionate about it. And um, I think when you commit that energy to it, the universe responds. Yeah, And totally. people could sort of see in the language that I was using, the, you know, the expressions. And, um, and yeah, if, if you don't, if you have that, that sense of like, oh my God, overwhelm, I've got a mortgage to pay for, then just see, is there space within your day, within your week, within your month to start putting energy towards the things that you love doing? Mm. Um and see what happens you know see how the universe responds when you kind of get committed and get intentional about these things yeah it's so powerful I know even it's just it's having like kind of creating a bit more of a budget energetically Mm. (laughs) like how much have you got to put towards this or towards that and or how much money have you got so for me I know before it's like all right I really want to maybe pay for this course or I really want to go to Bali or something so it's like right well I can't go out like with my mates all weekend every weekend then like maybe I can just do that once a month and I'll just have a cheaper lunch because yes. we can we can nip back on so many things we think that something's so far off and like, I used to always like write like lists of the things that I'd what I'd like or a course that I wanted to do and mm-hmm. then be like okay how much money is that Yes, like, and really be okay. Well, because then it makes it more tangible. So then you know what you yeah. need to work towards, or you can be like, okay, well, if I got rid of that, or if I didn't do that, however, however many times a month, or didn't buy all these new clothes, or keep buying books, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep buying books that I I'm not that. reading. Yes, <laughs> then <laughs> there's yeah. actually a massive chunk of money that can go towards that. Um, because even like with books, you're like, oh yeah, it's just a tenner here, or it's just. A, but yeah. If you're buying five, that's fifty quid. Yes. With your, with your, um, and then maybe postage and packaging on top of that. So there's so many different ways I think that can make our, making our, turning our dreams into reality so much easier mm, and more within yeah. reach. Definitely. And I think it's like, um, yeah, it is that intentional piece and um, just noticing your relationship with money. Um, and I had a bad relationship with money. I kind of, you know, I, um I didn't often look at my bank account I didn't nourish the relationship I didn't give it you know any relationship if you want it to grow and develop then you have to put the time and commitment towards it and I really hadn't appreciated this that um yeah money you can have a relationship with money because it is really energy and how can you build and foster that relationship by checking in regularly and um, you know, uh, exploring it rather than ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, but so many people do. Like, so yeah. many, and I think especially for women, mm. we aren't, nobody's really taught how to manage money. Not many people. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can go the other way because then, then you can create other money blocks. I remember watching a money, like an abundance, like money workshop called Gold Digger in person like last year. And I thought, that it would be people that all identified as being bad with money in a sense that they can't keep it. They're in debt. They, um, you know, like they, you know, like, they, or they just, they're spending more than they've got, or they just haven't got a good relationship with it. But actually there were a few people in there that were like, I've got money, but I can't spend it. 
Yes, yes. But they're blocked in that other way. And that's as challenging as it is itself. I think they both come from a place of like low self-worth. Yeah, money and worthiness Mm. are really kind of connected. Yeah. And uh, that, that again, is like, okay, there's the money there, but um, see, it's fluid. Mm. Allow there to be a flow and a kind of um, an exchange. And sometimes I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is this um, on this kind of journey is that we have to invest in ourselves if we want to grow. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's like watering I, the plant, isn't it? Yes. And, and put, right. putting fertilizer on it. <laughs> yeah. so I've only started doing that with my house plants this year and it's made such a difference. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's like that in life, really, mm, isn't it? Kind totally. of the water, take out the weeds, like where are things overgrowing and how can you, um, yeah, just um, tender mm. a little bit more, like lean into the softness of it. Um, and and take a more like intuitive approach if if that like money question has been t- tapping us on the shoulder um then allow ourselves to sort of lean into it and i have this thing where as i started to earn money doing human sign work um one of my beliefs around it was that it would be taken away from me really um, yeah because when i was younger um when we were really young my dad was made bankrupt Right. And, um, you know, we lost our house and we had this um, this pattern of, um, yeah, money being there and then it, it kind of it going. And so, yeah, I've build, been working hard and, you know, been kind of, um, yeah, just watching this change. And all of a sudden I was hit by this belief of like, oh, I can feel something rumbling kind of within me. That's just like this, there's this worry that is going to go somehow. Mm. And when I started working on that, identifying it and, you know, how did you, how did you work on it and identify it? Mm, Well, I was working with a coach at the time and we were kind of exploring it as to why it was coming up and, and yeah. And then we kind of worked through some meditations and some mantras and, I just allowed it to kind of flow just noticing in the body like where I was holding on to that mm-hmm. um, that kind of worry um, mm. and just allowing it and releasing it um, and I think sometimes even just bringing it to our conscious awareness yeah it can shift things yeah totally because then we know that I think when it's in our conscious awareness then we have we realize that we have a choice Mm. there's so much that we do that's unconscious so it's automatic so we do it without thinking so it might be just like that I don't feel great so I'm just going to buy this dress I'm just going to go and buy something that I don't even like I don't even love or don't feel great but that's going to give me a five minute thing and it's just this automatic thing whereas if we kind of have awareness of I self-soothe through spending money Mm. um but actually how does that make me feel because is that in the long term or maybe five minutes after I've bought that dress is that actually going to have soothed me or am I then going to be maybe freaking out because I've spent money that I haven't got and yes. the dress that I don't feel like great in actually <laughs> actually or, or whatever but when yeah. we have that awareness then it's like hang on a minute I'm not feeling great maybe I could either say like not spend that money but use do a meditation mm. or do go for a walk or do or call a friend and talk it out um and just really feel into like what that is that you need to feel supported um and then Again, then you, you you might have saved yourself. I don't know, thirty quid, fifty quid, twenty quid depends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and it all adds up, doesn't mm. it? These small sort of life packs, um, and just taking control. I think a little bit. Um, that was one of the bigger pieces that allowed me to move through it. 
Um, and yeah, I, I think it is something that we sort of get stuck in. Like you say, we don't really learn about it when we're, when we're growing up. No. It's good to have these kind of lessons in school. Yeah, completely. But then part like then the other part of me that is like, well, there's a reason why we're not taught about that. Mm, like, true. <laughs> then, like if we're all really good with our money, then maybe the world would be in a very different situation. Yeah. yeah. Different people would be in charge, different things would be going mm. on. So Yeah. Yeah, I always think that with certain things with the when people are like, why aren't we taught that? And it's like, I think there's <laughs> a reason. I, I think there's a reason. Like I do think <laughs> there's something like, yeah. even just down to like periods, like I've had this conversation a couple of times, like mm-hmm. with different guests on this series. It's like, as women, like we're not taught about these things. It's like, oh yeah, here are the sanitary towels or the tampons and this is your period, blah, blah, blah. And then you go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, take the, take the pill. But we're not taught about how the, act- the cycle is actually working through us hormonally, what disrupts it, all of these like, I think fundamental things that we should know, like I'm, I mean, I'm totally down the rabbit hole with all of this. Yeah, yeah, that same. we should, that yeah. we should know. <laughs> yes. And then um, we're not taught. Mm, yeah, just the, you know, the awareness of this infradian rhythm that mm. has completely yeah. just changed my relationship with my body and, you know, honoring these different phases and, um, that's really what human design has allowed me to do, explore my body on deeper levels. Really? Like, you know, where, yeah, energy is flowing, where it's stuck, where I'm taking on like the heaviness and the conditioning of the outside world and how I can just release that. Um, and I think, you know, you can get quite mental with it, with human design. It's, it's, right. it's quite technical and, you know, the gates and the numbers and stuff. Um, when actually a more intuitive and a more kind of bodily experience of it has has really allowed me to understand myself on such a deep level I bet and like I mean is that the thing with with human design I've seen someone else like another human design reader talk about it but is one of the concepts my understanding of this like this might be wrong but this is why I'm asking you like is one of the things about human design is remembering who we are so our human design is us before we are conditioned, before we have had these experiences that make us think differently and act differently um, and maybe cut us off from natural innate senses that we have within us. So is that, would you say that's what that's, that's about? Yeah, that's exactly right. So the idea is that we are born with our design mm-hmm. and um, it's our unique energetic imprint and we're born perfect there's nothing to fix we are whole Mm -hmm. um and what happens is we tend to kind of through life you know just the way civilization and society work we get conditioned and that takes us away from our unique path and you know what our inherent gifts and our natural um skills are and so we kind of move away from how unique we are as beings and so the work of human design is to just peel away all of that um, outside noise, that conditioning, the stuff that we've taken on that isn't inherently us, and just come back to the centre. You know, allow within this as well is the idea that we are born um, with this imprint and the body is here to be the driver. So the soul is driving our journey and not the mind. The mind is the passenger. And so there's this, this um, 
I guess there's this uh, journey that we go on to try and notice where the mind is trying to take control of the steering wheel and change the direction of our life when actually we have all of the answers inside yeah. of us. Um, and human design is the science of differentiation. Okay. So it's asking us like how we can come back to ourselves as, as, as unique beings, how we are different um, and recognizing that we all have a part and a place to play in this world because well otherwise we wouldn't have incarnated yeah so yeah that's yeah that's exactly kind of how it is it's peeling back the layers of um becoming really who you are and letting go of who you are Mm -hmm. not wow yeah I love that so peeling back (laughs) the layers of becoming who you are not who you're not um and I think for me when I first found out about human design it just blew my mind because I'm a generator so Mm. so the human so human design is way more complicated than just the the types <laughs> like you said it's yes. like the, the yes. gates and the channels and the centers and that like if they're open and all of the other things but there are five fundamental types aren't there mm-hmm. and yeah will you explain that you'll explain it yeah <laughs> yeah sure. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know the type that's it it's the entry point um unlike other systems where you might have your, your energy type or your the description of who you are is like the starting and the end point. Human design, it's just the beginning of it. And you kind of then unlock, um, almost like unlock the child or unlock the door and then open out into this whole world of information and, and yeah, just truths about who we are. Um, and so just to start with the, the, um, the energy types, because this is, this is probably... The most compelling part of the story yeah. and I think it's often the piece that people are drawn of to course. um because you know we're always like oh what type am I yeah and we love knowing about ourselves <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well I was yeah I remember when I was kind of first discovering it, it was like oh I need to go and look it up and actually if you are listening and wondering where to look it up you can go onto websites like um Jovian Archive or something called mybodygraph.com and you can just put pop in your date, time, and location of birth, and then you'll put up this chart. Um, and that's your human design chart, your body graph, your energetic imprint, your your soul map. Um, and um, the starting point is to look at where it says your energy type. And so there are these five energy types. Um, and they're kind of archetypal. And the only thing that they really teach us is how we are here to exchange energy. Um, and so just starting with generators, um, you're a generator. So generators, um, they are the life force of the planet. And they are defined, and each of the types is defined by having this open, um, by having this aura, this energetic kind of, um, yeah, this, this, this aura around us. Um, and so with generators, the aura is open and enveloping. So it's constantly drawing life towards mm-hmm. it. Generators and manifesting generators, which we'll come on to, um, together they make up 70% of the population and they are the life force of the planet. And what this means is that they have this consistent sense of energy, of life force running through them at all times. And as life comes towards them and they're kind of their aura is drawing life in, there's this sense of, do I want to put my inherent life force energy that I have available 
towards what it is that's coming towards me. So there's this kind of alchemy that happens with the aura kind of constantly drawing life in. And then within the generator themselves, they have to sort of decide whether they have available energy to commit. Um, And that's called responding. And it's very different to initiating, um, which is for the manifester type. So manifestors are just... 10% 10% of the population about, and they are the true initiators. Um, they're the catalyzers. They kind of, they're here to blaze a trail. They start movements. They have a very um, yang energy where the generator is yin. Mm. It's drawing towards its receptive. The manifester is yang. And the aura for the manifester in traditional human design language is said to be closed and repelling. Okay. I actually think that's um, quite heavy language mm-hmm, to use. Mm-hmm. So the way I like to describe it is actually that the aura is kind of creating space for the manifesto to rise up. Right. So it almost like pushes, it clears the way in order for it to rise because we needed manifestors to rise to the top. Um, at least in the past. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, they, they are the ones that are going to initiate. They often, they perhaps they have the, um, the ideas, but don't necessarily have the energy to follow through. And it might be the generator that comes in and is like, oh, that's an idea that I actually, I've responded to and I want to commit my life force energy to build, to create, to do something with this. Um, so they work in harmony, the types. And then you've got the manifesting generators who are the multi-passionate amongst us. So they are generated by design, but they have this manifesting capability within them. And so again, they're drawing life in, they're responding. And once they um, have that response from the body, there's this moment of truth that happens where they can envision what it might be like to really commit their energy and to carry and follow through. And and if after this this vision, they get that kind of, yes, this is for me, then they can go and they can go kind of very quick speed, the speed of the manifesto. Um, But they are really here as a hybrid between the two and almost like a new type that's showing us what's possible in life. Right. So they're very expansive. They're here to kind of break the mold of, you know, perhaps like the linear path that we have of staying in one career. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, because a couple of my, yeah. a, f- a few of my friends are manifesting generators. Okay. And they yeah. found like, well, I know one of like my best friend, Jamie, I don't think she'll mind me saying, but <laughs> <laughs> she is like, she, it was just a massive permission slip for her to, to, to explore and try different things because again societally and culturally like we're programmed to do something and stick to it and if we don't then we're 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 what is it I can't think what the word is we're like the jack of all trades like master of none or we're flighty or we're unreliable but actually when quitters yeah exactly you're quitters but when you kind of think hang on no this is meant to I'm just meant to go with what lights me up and if that's not where the energy is like I've got to go on to the next thing because otherwise like that's how I keep things in flow and I think that when Mm. I think for as a seeing that for a manifesting generator they can often I think it's natural to think there's something wrong with them. It's like, why can't I stick with anything? Why can't I decide? Why can't I figure out what, what's good for me? But all of my, like for Jamie, since she's kind of, I mean, she's like mega powerful anyway, but (laughs) she, (laughs) I think for her, like when I'm from sort of seeing her 
And knowing when she kind of around that time when she had that awareness and how things have shifted, she's really gone for things like in a different yes. way. And she's on to the next. And like, I mean, people do like, oh, well, you've just started this or did it not? I'm not saying that's what they say to her, but because she, for her, because she knows that's her design type and that's when she's most like powerful or magnetic and just feeling better, is she doesn't get stuck in the same way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's meant to be this, there's this rhythm to the way that they pulse um, that actually is very dynamic. And so, you know, if, you, if you're listening and you are a manifesting generator and it's, um, you know, you're kind of wondering, or oh, where do I put my energy towards? There's this kind of inventory check that you can do in your life just to see, okay, am I committing that life force energy of mine to stuff that actually, like you say, doesn't light yeah. me up? And how can I just almost like shift and pivot and give myself permission to do that? So many manifesting generators that I read for, they, they take such a deep sigh of relief yeah. when I... <laughs> about this <laughs> this you know this idea that their aura is wanting to change and wanting to kind of move through these different experiences and you know with each experience they'll often learn a lesson master something you know and um, perfect or and then it's on to the next one and yeah when we can berate ourselves when we don't know that this is actually how our energy is here to work yeah. and uh, when we accept and embrace it the universe begins, and actually when we align with our energy type and our design, the universe will just start delivering our dreams yeah, to our it's door. it's so healing. You know? And yeah, Jamie's like such yeah. an, uh, she's a really good manifest, good at manifesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, yeah, so what are the other types? Mm, yeah, so then we've got the projectors, about 20% of the population. And projectors are the born guides, the kind of coaches, the ones that are overseeing um, the generators processes. And um, just generally, they have a more of a seeing rather than doing approach. And so their aura is described as focused and penetrating. And it really sees into what's in front of us. And so it's often what well, some I've heard it been described as um, almost eating the energy of what's in front of you. Okay. Um, because it's like it's it's so deep that it goes in that it's like you're absorbing it so deeply. Um, and sometimes, and this gives rise to what the, the projector's strategy is in, in human design, which is waiting for an invitation. Okay. Because it can have such a penetrating effect on people. The person whom they're in front of needs to open up and create space to hear and to listen to what it is that the projector wants to guide them on. And without doing so, without that space opening up, it can feel quite rejecting. Right. It can almost feel like it's kind of just coming back at us. So their strategy in life is to wait for an invitation before they give their guidance. So they are the ones that are not necessarily having the consistent life force energy to commit to so many things, but actually stepping back and being able to see the bigger picture um, and, um, and from that place, guiding people. You often find that there's lots of coaches who are projectors. Um, um, just trying to think of famous ones. Uh, Barack Obama was a um, was a projector really? actually, and yeah, and this I think is it's quite a nice example. Can it, it sort of de debust the myth that they don't have energy to you know, yeah. or that they have to sleep a lot? Or um, of course we all have this life force energy, but it's just about noticing you know where um, where are my putting my energy towards something that actually doesn't really feel aligned with how I came to express it. So for me, the example was like having all of this, um, 
yeah, just trying to keep up with the generators in, in my work as, as a lawyer and wondering why I was constantly sort of like, how can I not keep up with everyone? And when I just aligned and trusted that the more natural role was just overseeing sort of guiding, and when I, you know, allowed space for these invitations to come in, everything shifted. Yeah. And I saw the power of living in my design. Um, and yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing, the shift that happens when we consciously um, really use our energy. Yeah, because it's, like, it's only a, a little, it's just a little shift, like, like that permission slip. So for me, mm. so I found out, so I'm a generator and then I found that out. And at, at the time I was, I'd handed in my notice at the salon and they were like, please don't leave. <laughs> they didn't want me to leave. So they said like, yeah. can you just do like one more month and do like one day a week? So I was like, okay, like just phase out, did it. And I was always, I always for like years, for years, I'd felt like I just had adrenal fatigue and I was just tired all the time because mm. I was doing too much. I was working, doing all of my stuff with Wolf Sister and I was working like, I was only working part-time. I was only working a few days a week, but it was just, a lot so I just thought I was just tired from doing all of those things and then when I was just doing one day a week at the salon I was like just as tired as I was like doing everything else and it made me realize that for me as a generator like it's really beneficial for me to be <laughs> into what I'm doing if it yes. doesn't so if I'm if I'm like in the zone I'm into, into it and I'm excited about it it takes like I can just go for hours and I have like infinite energy and I don't feel burnt out, which mm. is tricky. <laughs> the line gets blurred. Yes. But when I'm doing something that isn't in alignment, so hairdressing, it just takes so, so much more energy. So I'd just be wiped out. Yes. Yeah. And you touched on a great point, which is when generators are in alignment and in their flow in life, then they feel this sense of satisfaction. They feel this sense of fullness of life and they actually get more energy from what they're yeah. doing. When they're not putting their energy towards stuff that they love doing or following their desires, they can feel this heaviness. And it's, um, I mean, in it, the language that's used is frustration, but I often see it as perhaps burnout or just tiredness all the time. Um, and this energetic frustration where things just don't feel like they're flowing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can easily get tired when you're not kind of putting your life force energy because we came here to live a life of flow and uh, um, you know we're not here to row upstream and so what tweaks and shifts can we make to start rowing downstream and allow the journey just to flow um, because that feels nice yeah exactly and, <laughs> and, good, and uh, that's another thing though program wise we think we're taught and programmed that to what we to get what we want we've got to work really hard for it Yes. And then again, if it comes easily, then that can be another hurdle because then we're like, we yes. don't, I don't deserve this. This has just come so easily for me. Um, so that's just another layer of something. But I yeah. think that when we do start, and even when I'm teaching people about manifestation and setting their intentions, it's like, what do you want? Like weave into the fact that it was easy, <laughs> yes. you know, and it didn't have to be a struggle. And it was open because again, we just have that connotation that it's and that was what puts us off like doing things I remember going to a money workshop it was like a, a bun, money abundance workshop years ago and in it the teacher was like what's your what's your wow number like for how much money you'd want to manifest and like so I, I think I put like three grand 
but everyone else was like a million 50 grand and she was like that's your wow <laughs> like three grand and I was like uh yeah <laughs> but in that moment I realized that my limiting belief was around to have anything it wasn't that that money would come to me that I would have to earn that money mm. so other people was like yeah I want that money because it's going to come out of nowhere but for me it's like if I want that wow number I would have to work for it and then if I had to work for it I would have to work even harder than I am and uh, and I, I had hit a money limit I had a block around how much I was earning because I was like I'm already working really hard and I'm and I was like I can't work any more hours <laughs> to make that yes. so that's what my block was around like more money equals having to work even harder or worst case scenario someone would die and I'd get that money and I don't want anyone to die like I don't want to I don't want to inherit that money yet like I, I want yeah. everyone to stay healthy and happy but in that moment it was really powerful because I realized that that was a money block for me um mm-hmm. and that actually was like what if money could come easily what if it could come in other ways? Um, so yeah, I think that's quite. Yeah, yeah, I think that that is so powerful. And beyond that kind of awareness, did you do anything to shift it, or was it just having that awareness was enough to? I think in that moment, I was like, "Whoa, light bulb!" Yeah, like yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like let's just Love step that. a minute. <laughs> um, and I mean, that that was like the main takeaway, like that I took from that workshop because I think that there are lots of different ways around manifesting and money and things like that but there's no point in being like you know like I want writing an empty check not an empty or a blank check or a check with a ridiculous amount of money on it for yourself if you aren't there yet in that believing or you've got these fundamental beliefs and so many people don't talk about that they're like how much money do you want and they're like just believe it you know like live like you're rich (laughs) act as if you've got it which are are, are, I think are parts of it but for me I always say this in my um like workshops and ceremonies like when we're manifesting like our intention what we want is just the tip of the iceberg and underneath yes. it is like all of these <laughs> gnarly limiting beliefs that tell us like we're not good enough or that won't happen or it'll be hard or all the worst case scenarios. Um, and yeah. that's what we need to be paying attention to just as much because when we call that out or we know what we're working with, like we were saying earlier, we can go different, then we've got awareness of it. So then we can go differently, like a different, choose a different path or make a different decision or think, hang on a minute, this is, I've got this belief. What do I need to do to support me to heal that or see that differently or do that differently? Mm-hmm. So it just brings this thing. And I, since doing all of these things that I put into practice, things come through like much quicker. Quickly. But it's for yeah. me, it's like not so, it's, it's the fear around it or the belief just as much as what that thing is that you want. hundred percent. But people don't talk about that enough. Like, and yeah. I think it's just, and, and it's not necessarily like reprogramming. You don't have to do that in a meditation because the, the, that lightning bolt could come through journaling. Like journaling, I think is amazing for realizing your limiting beliefs that like we, we yeah. talked about this in the, uh, definitely yeah. talked about this. I'm glad this is yeah. naturally <laughs> come back in. I'm not just dropping it. I'm not just dropping it in. But journaling for me is something that is, helps me catch my limiting beliefs because our limiting beliefs are there all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I did, in yeah. a workshop. So to me, yeah, they are. They're yeah. just like, they're like subliminally. I, I yeah, I taught a workshop. Someone was like, "How do you find out what they are?" I was like, "Babes, they are there all the time." 
when you are telling that when you are moaning and complaining about something there is a limiting belief right there like mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. making an excuse for not doing something that's a limiting belief somewhere lurking around there when we're not stepping out of our comfort zone limiting belief right there when we're about to do something big they are loud <laughs> they are yeah. literally like so 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 loud Shouting. yeah exactly yeah. and that's what kind of so they're always there but when we're journaling you can catch them in action that you can catch them because our, we have I can't I think jo, Dr. Joe Dispenza he says like I think we have like 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day and most of them are the same as yesterday so what we're doing is we're unconsciously brainwashing ourselves and because we're having these these beliefs and it's not so much that I don't think our thoughts create our reality. So it's not in a sense that if you think bad things, bad things will happen. I don't Mm -hmm. think, I don't believe that. But if we're constantly saying, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. um, Our brain will be like, okay, we can't do this. Let's go over here or let's like not even try. Um, So that's what then creates our reality because then we're then like, well, I can't do this. But if we're saying I'm open to trying when we realize mm. I, I can't do this, maybe it's just shifting that intention to being like, I, I'm open to seeing that's possible or I'm yes. open to someone to support me to shift that perspective or an experience that's going to open up that door. That's when things move. But when we're journaling, we're catching those thoughts in action. So when we journal regularly, I well, I'm saying we like this is what I find when I do it like regularly. I start to catch myself when I'm moaning about something a lot, yes, or I'm complaining yeah. about something, or I'm like, this is hard, this is hard. So when the Crystal Code was coming out, I nearly every other word or sent every sentence was practically, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that, and that was just in disguise this fear of failure. Because it's like, and no, and I was feeling so overwhelmed, so burnt out because every, I was just, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. So I'm just failing yeah. already. <laughs> there's yeah. no way yeah. that I can yeah. do all of that. So when I kind of realized, hang on a minute, there's a lot of needs going on, <laughs> yeah. on these pages. And then thinking, well, hang on, like being aware of that I need to then next time I'm writing, as that comes through, do I need to do that? So I'd either underline it or I would cross it out and then be like, it would be ideal if I could do that or I haven't actually got space to do that today or this isn't important or yeah, ideally. But then we can start to shift and when we kind of like shimmy, (laughs) pivot like that and we have that awareness, then I created um, like affirmation or intention with that of like it's safe for me not to do everything because it's already happening for me. And that shifted so much. So Mm. I think journaling is just like a really powerful way to catch those limiting beliefs as they come up definitely and I think if you're look even if you um if they're not coming to you in journaling we I see this in human design we're kind of born with these inherent fears Mm. as well and there are ways to start alchemizing them and seeing the gifts in them so just as you identified you know there what was kind of coming up with the fear of failure it is there's this this protection piece in there and the fear of failure is um a common fear that you know we see in human (laughs) in in you know all the time really and it can hold us back from doing what we really want um and in human design we sort of say how to alchemize this fear is by having the trust that your bright idea or your work will be recognized by the right people 
Um, and so all of that worry can just fall away because whatever it is that you're kind of putting your energy towards, that will be recognized and the right people will find you. Now, the gift in this comes from knowing which ideas are worthy of energy and which ones are to release. And when you start to kind of play with this and shift it from a fear to a gift and to um, almost like an awakened state with it, that's when the magic happens. Yes, yeah, totally. That's when we start to transform. Um, and so these all of these fears that can kind of show up differently in, in, in our design inherently, but then I think with the added pressure of like experience of life, they can really bubble to the surface. Um, and just that noticing piece with the journaling, it's so healing, isn't mm, it? Yeah, it just, um, yeah, mine really, sometimes like they're moaning or like <laughs> <laughs> or a business meeting to myself and I'm ha- like having these ideas or just making my life easier. Because I had it before where I was like, I don't know what was that I bought something online and it'd come from America and but to send it back I'd have had to have paid for like the shipping yeah I had had it all packed and I was like look I just need to get them back getting some money back is better than not getting any money at all and then as I was journaling I've got something like let's do today and this is what I need to do well again back to me (laughs) like um (laughs) um but blah 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 and then I just had this idea to eBay the shoes I was like oh my god this just made my life so much easier and I have not lost any money and I would have never had that idea if I hadn't journaled so that's why I journal nearly every day because it just clears my mind and I had it I think that that's part of what helps me have my best ideas yes that yeah I think all kind of creative ideas and um they're born from this place of silence Mm, aren't they yeah when we sort of turn down the noise of the outside world then we hear that intuitive hits or speak to us louder about um you know what it is that we need to do but when we're so in the motions and so distracted then that wisdom doesn't come through to us um and yeah I love those kind of light bulb realizations they're yeah they're beautiful to kind of witness and um when we start leaning into that they appear more and more I think um well I think you know the sweet spot Mm. so you know that oh god I'm not going to have my best idea staring at my laptop or scrolling yeah. through Instagram being like everyone's amazing I'm crap <laughs> everyone's yeah. doing cool things and I can't even that is not where you are gonna have that download you will have like I know for me when I kind of like kind of am feeling blocked or burnt out um and then part of me is like you need to be doing stuff like you need to be working on this or promoting your book um but as soon as I step away I'm like no I need to relax and rest and recharge that's when the ideas come through but I'm like no no no, I'm supposed to be resting now yeah (laughs) but then I have to catch it like if I don't catch it the energy goes as well for me so it's that that balance but I do know like I said that's when they come so it's easier for me to just step away from the laptop or um the like just yeah trying to trying to yeah distraction or just forcing myself to do something if it's not flowing because mm. I just like I said I, I have those those experience would have always been there but maybe not so often because I'd have kept trying to push through but now yes. we realize oh yeah when I chill out when I do something that's not related to, to work <laughs> or something yeah. like because I love my job but to think creatively and think of like courses or other things it's a different um headspace 
definitely a different headspace so I need to have time and space for that to come through um but like I said like if I'm like trying to like even I think for me with the best books best bits of like Luna were when I'd had a break or I'd gone off to do something else and then it's like then I'm like up all night like, oh, I just gotta get this out mm, yes, <laughs> but yeah. then when I've like right today is writing day t- I'm like nothing <laughs> nothing comes through mm. yeah it's funny the way that happens I think yeah and if you're just creating the space for them to come through is um and just allowing them to flourish and I think there is this dance this sort of alchemy that happens um when yeah we we give that space and and knowing the point and um I yeah I I if I if there's something that's just like stuck or it's not flowing the medicine that I've realized for me is to just take that step back and be like okay (laughs) just tune back into the body and just allow and um yeah turn off all of the noise and then all of a sudden before you know it's something will rise to the surface and um whether it be you know meditation or or it doesn't even have to be meditation no. it might just be as you're washing the dishes yeah, or chopping up some veg <laughs> <laughs> or like even I, I've started having it where like I'll go for a run say if I'm I don't know trying to think of a title for for one of the podcasts and you know you're like oh that, it always takes me a while to get to <laughs> get to titles it was always like a yeah. few cringy ones and cheesy but then whenever I go like I found like that notice a few times that I'll be out for a run and then just at one point it's just like, it's like oh yeah of course yeah like, of course that's what I'm gonna call it <laughs> of course that's the that extra little word that I need to add or something that I'm working on but you need that distance I think for and, and that space to come through so that is why having a regular practice whether it's med- like meditating journaling doing yoga running like whatever that is for you because I think it's different for everybody there's no yes for some people meditating isn't for them or what they think of as meditation Traditionally. But yeah exactly but there are other types that are are for them but it's just allowing that and getting curious and like that probably comes back to your human design mm, yeah well I was just thinking as you were sort of saying that is that I know in particular um this this energy really happens when when you see gate 33 in somebody's chart so the human design chart is made up of all of these different energies and what tends to happen is that with gate 33 it's called the gate of retreat and you really need to take space on a daily basis mm-hmm. Um, to retreat and to be alone and be in your own space. Um, gate 12 is another one, gate 40. They're always, there's kind of like need to take time to be alone. And in those alone moments or when we're on our own, that's when the ahas come through. Um, and yeah, it really does show up. And you kind of, whenever I have I got that then? I don't know if you have, I have to check. Um, I think generally is like a concept, but you notice it. It's like when somebody, when I speak about the retreat, I mean, these people also need to like physically sometimes go on retreat online <laughs> um, just to kind of, yeah, create that space themselves because the outside world can be overwhelming or whatever it is. There's just this need within them. Um, yeah. To kind of, to create the space and to, to retreat and turn down the noise or to, you know, get the feet barefoot into the ground or whatever, you know, um, taking time away really. Um, and so that's why it's beautiful to sort of know like these inherent sort of energies within us that we can nurture and we can uh, feel into and take what works for you and leave what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, even like when I was like, um, feeling burnt out after the book had come out, I was like, cause my, it made my 
social media addiction so bad because I was just on it because I was working on it and being on it and and messaging people and like thinking like I've got to be you know I've got to be visible I've got to be a good girl (laughs) be a good girl (laughs) and be like repping it and I wanted to because I was excited about it it wasn't like just (laughs) just that but I wanted I think I put so much energy into it and I think I felt so much more confident about Luna than I did the Crystal Code I think purely because it was my second rodeo like <laughs> um but I felt so burnt out and then after I was looking at there are these retreats that you can go on and they're like <laughs> these cabins in the middle of nowhere called um I think it's called like unplugged rest and they're these cabins Amazing. but it's digital detox so you hand in your phone when you get there you don't wow. have your phone for three days and they have like, it's beautiful. They, you've got the, I think they, they look like they are like converted shipping containers. They've got these big windows that look out into these fields and looked amazing. Mm. So I was trying to book that and it just kept, they had a date that worked for me and then it looked, it was free on one bit, but then it wasn't. So I emailed him. He's like, sorry, no, it's available. Then there was another date. Oh, he's like, but we have got these dates. And I was like, oh, do you know what? So I cancelled, well, rescheduled some things so I could go booked it and he's like sorry with someone has literally just booked it and we hadn't had time to update our system oh no so I was like oh I was like hang on a minute for me again when something doesn't flow that's a sign that's a no for me yes. like don't force it even when I was trying to pay for it um there was something issue it kept not going through so it only let, ended up letting me take pay for the deposit not the whole thing and that when something's glitchy like that for me that's usually a no sign um and yeah. then when he said oh, okay that's a no and then actually what came through for me was like I need to get better at being still and retreating where I am and not thinking that I have to go somewhere else <laughs> and do something yes. drastic to do that <laughs> because I need to this is a sign that I need to be implementing better boundaries and in my everyday life not just being like see ya here's my phone and going off but actually doing things differently in my day-to-day life because then that's sustainable and long-term and like it's not like I can definitely can't afford to like go, go, go off, off like every like yeah. go and in a cabin in the woods like in the yeah as like, nice as yeah that. exactly <laughs> as, like, and it looked beautiful and I definitely want to do it because I think that there'll be something but also part of me I was like yeah I'll have all these ideas and I can do all of this and I can do all that but then I was like hey, why can't I do that in my own house Mm. at home like who why am I <laughs> where is this where yeah. is this coming from and then I think I like I'd gone for a run and I was like I don't need to go, I've got all of this that like, I can just stay at home and yeah it's so beautiful that you have that awareness though and just to you know that more subtle invitation to understand what's actually going on beneath the surface of like actually not just accepting this as like the computer says no but seeing it as something you know the energy working perhaps in our favor and supporting us um to meet this realization um I mean interesting in your design you do so there's something in human design called the four transformations and they speak to our digestion and our environment our our focus or our strategy and our motivation in life and um in your environment part of the energy that you're working with is when you change environments 
you can get inspired mm, easily. Yeah. Well, that's actually, in fact, where you get your inspiration from, mm. through having this kind of mutable, changeable schedule. And so if you're feeling a little bit uninspired or the ideas aren't coming, the invitation is there to go out and change and, you know, maybe go to the sea for a few <laughs> yeah. days and see what kind of comes <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, just having that awareness, like I kind of often working self-employed and at home, I've got a changing environment profile as was what it's, it's called like a passive energy. So it's more fluid, more receptible, like less sort of um, structure. And, and um, when I lean into it and actually when I'm feeling like, oh, I've just been in the same environment all the time. I just want to like change. And there's, I can feel the craving coming from within. And I think as well with having lockdown yeah. this year, <laughs> this experience of this maybe as a collective as well. Um, but I just listen to it and thinking, oh, actually, yeah, I should just go and work in the cafe down the road. Yeah, I like, think we think it's got to be something so drastic. Yeah. Like, oh, got, like, yeah, I was having this conversation with a client the other day and like she lives in a house share, like she lives with her partner as well. She's like, I just don't get any space. Like I just don't, can't. And I was like, go and get, go and journal, <laughs> find yourself a nice cafe. And she's like, yeah, it's the simplest things that we just don't yes. think and we can get into that thing of like, I'm just trapped or I'm stuck. Yes. But you could just hop on a train and go to the seaside like, if you don't live near the seaside or you could just put your trainers on and go for a little walk outside and explore. And I think that's what, for me, one of the things that's come out of lockdown, like I've been exploring my local area so much more. Yeah. And it's been, oh my God, we've got this beautiful river, like the, yes. and all these like scenery, it's just like amazing. I've been like wild swimming. Like I would have never done that if lockdown hasn't ha- happened. I'd have thought, right, let's go to Ibiza. <laughs> or let's go yeah. to Bali to experience yes. the, that magic. But it's right on our doorstep most of the time. Oh yeah. And I think when you kind of like soften into the human experience, um, we realize like how little we actually need you know um and that we have everything that we need around us and um for me lockdown gave me this deeper sense of like um appreciation for (laughs) much smaller things and um yeah and just like having to stay sort of grounded as well and what that really looked like to when emotions were rising to the surface um having to be in stillness with them um where ordinarily I might have had a busy day and just let it kind of push pushed it down Mm -hmm. to the surface instead of exploring what was actually coming up for me um so yeah there we actually need very little I think and um (laughs) we have so much that's already communicating uh to us within the subtle body and just with our experiences as well and how they're showing up for us and maybe why we are gravitating towards different experiences yes yeah yeah it's so true yeah it is mad and when you were saying like about exploring like that as it comes up for you how would you when you were having things coming up for you in lockdown and you wouldn't maybe have your usual kind of coping (laughs) mechanisms like how did you explore that Mm, so um for me I kind of sat with the emotions for a while instead of like where I might usually have just turned on the tv or scrolled on my phone for example I just allowed them space to come to the surface a bit um and um just I think I I had this sort of big um realization within my relationship that I had this um this this fear that was sort of stopping me a little bit and what I realized was it was this fear of intimacy Mm. Um, and I have to, I have a while though, haven't you? 
Yeah, yeah. And it kind of came to me like this, this idea of like intimacy as being allowing space for somebody to see really like within you to the core of who you mm-hmm. are. Um, and there was part of me that hadn't opened up. Um, and just having that moment of like, actually, instead of suppressing everything and pushing that all away, giving it space to come up. And it was kind of, um, emotional for me, of course. <laughs> uh, but it was, a, it, it was, yeah, it was almost like a, a little breakthrough that I had that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, and you know, fear of intimacy is kind of like fear of really revealing who we are. Um, and we can kind of, uh, that can feel scary. Yeah. So yeah, especially like, I think regardless of our upbringing, but media wise, we're always like being told there's something wrong with us. Yes. Yes. So that's not even on a person. We're watching TV programs or seeing, seeing how people are treated in the press, like all of these things. So it's always like there's something wrong with us. So then when you're having that in your interpersonal, it's even, it is going to be scary. It is scary. Yeah. And I just, just noticing that it was a fear of intimacy mm. um, that was kind of um, almost like taking over me and like just having space to explore it a little bit yeah. and actually overcoming it by knowing the right time to kind of, to share um and yeah tuning into um where I was feeling it in the body and allowing myself to kind of move through that energetically if that was like in the chest and as an anxiety piece just giving that space to kind of to breathe and to love it and to accept it and to to nurture it um instead of just pushing it away and actually just you do because yeah I think that's yeah we're just scared that comes back to I mean i um, most of my clients if I do a tarot reading I'll bring in Brene Brown <laughs> at some point yes because I love her but that is that thing <laughs> of just like, like that fear of vulnerability and that fear of abandonment that fear of rejection rejection that's just so it's just there isn't it so we good we yeah. push it and we kind of deflect it as much as we can thinking that that's what's going to make us feel safe but that is often the thing that makes us feel the least safe because we're trying to maintain this front like so that no one ever it's not us yeah 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 and I think when you start to break it down and you offer that vulnerability Mm. um that is like the quickest way to sort of release to you know to explore it and just to express it quickest way to release like the shame around it or whatever it is going on like beneath the surface and actually having done so there was just this sense of lightness and and relief um and then a feeling of alchemy within the relationship that kind of changed it and brought it to a new level because I'd gone deeper into this fear that I'd been um had been sort of tapping me on the shoulder um so yeah it was yeah it was interesting um and I think these things all happen like divinely in in time was it did you have that realization around when like Venus was retrograde oh when was that I can't it was earlier on in the summer um I mean this was probably around um what time was this I think it was like um late spring this kind of came through to me maybe May to like July potentially yeah yeah um yeah it is but I think that's the thing when we are in relationships also we can end up projecting and even maybe when we're not in relationship in a romantic relationship but all of our relationships we project onto that other person I mean I did with like I went through a phase with 
my boyfriend and like I realized what it was coming to because I'd mentioned to a couple of my times to different friends I was like I keep comparing I'm following this couple on Instagram and I'm comparing myself to them being like why isn't my boyfriend more like that why aren't we doing like what they're doing like why aren't we and it was making me kind of like not be fully present in my relationship and I then I know again that awareness is like I've said this a couple of times like I'm comparing myself to them and that's just a red flag <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. And I was like, hang on a minute. This is keeps coming up. I'm not feeling very like we're going through a rocky patch at the moment. And then as soon as I like muted this account um, and cause I like, I still like, I think they're great, but it, for me, it was like nothing personal, but for me, triggering. It, it was triggering something. Um, but also it was illuminating what I wanted more of in my relationship. Yeah. But I was focusing on what wasn't, what I thought wasn't there because I wasn't putting that energy into it. I'm just looking on Instagram being like, I haven't got that or that's not that. Rather than putting that energy into my relationship and allowing that to be there. Oh my God, a hundred percent. So <laughs> like, yeah. I just like, so as soon as I, un, like as, as soon as I muted that account, I, um, it just like it just shifted my relationship with my boyfriend because we can often be like, oh, you're well. well I'm saying we. This is what I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> feel free to relate as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like, I'll be, oh, it's not like this, or it's not like that, or you don't do this enough, or you don't do that enough. Um, and normally, when I notice that I do that, so I remember a long time ago, I was like, you, you're not supporting me enough. And then as soon as I said that, because when you start to wake up to these things, you're like you just smell bullshit all the time from yourself and have to call yourself um, out because yeah, as soon yeah. as I said to him, you're just not supporting me enough. I was like, hang on a minute. How am I supporting myself right now that I'm putting projecting so much onto him? Yeah. And then as soon as I was like, hang on a minute, how I need to support, <laughs> support myself. Turn this around. Yeah, turn this around. And then learning about my moon sign and his moon sign really helped because it made me understand more where he was coming from and what I was coming, where I was coming from. So that helped. Yeah. Um, which is like in the- you say you know, Taurus moon? He's Taurus moon. I'm Aquarius moon. Okay. So his Taurus moon is like security, stability. And mine mm. is like, I want freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> opposite I mean he's Aquarius yeah. son anyway but okay even like when we bought our house it's so triggering because we've put all this money into it we've never owned a house before we'd bought a house we'd bought it was an ex ex council house that only had one owner since the 50s had hardly had anything done to it like we in construction and we just had this romantic idea of what it would be like to renovate this house Mm. with no idea and we're like yeah we'll do one room at a time and and it was just so stressful like it was yeah we was we were so naive even my boyfriend's dad said a little while later when they was because we're grown-ups we didn't say mum dad come and look at our house like the house what do you think yeah yeah come see we saw yeah. it I was like oh the light like the, I mean yeah. like the light and the, the the like really old rose carpet <laughs> the furniture that I was like I really like this like yeah let's put an offer in and my boyfriend was just like potential like we can knock this knock that wall down Dreaming. we can do we, yeah do all these things so we put the offer in and like it all, all went through and everything but my boyfriend's dad said like the first when they came around he he left he wanted to cry because he thought like what have they got themselves into oh my gosh <laughs> I mean the house yeah. like, they, like my boyfriend's like he I can't take any like I've obviously the design style but the building stuff, I can't really take any credit and it's nearly nearly done like we've been here three years four years but like 
I don't even know where I was going. Oh yeah, so his Taurus was like, I love you, I'm gonna build you a house. Oh, okay, I love you, I'm gonna like, he, yeah, like here's the security, here's the stability. And I'm like, if you love me, let's go on holiday. Let, let's just get yeah. away, let's detach. Yes. And get away. So it was so like, we were clashing because we were coming, we, yeah, completely different. But as soon as I realized, oh, I need more freedom. Again, I need variety, I need space. I need to be shifting, me being, because what I was doing was like, oh yeah, I've bought a house. I've just got to be at home all the time. All my money's got to go in that ha- like, uh, like not that it has any money. Yeah, left, yeah, yeah. But everything's like, but it was just not right for me. So understanding. So now it, we have this like unspoken kind of understanding, and because I know that about myself, I don't have to pressure my boyfriend. Yes, to show up in a way that he can't. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't know how to. That's not his. That's not how he works. But then that's bring so much empathy into our relationship but then it's again back to oh yeah I need to support myself oh yeah I need freedom I need change me being at home even though like I, like I was saying earlier craving that hermit vibe like I do need to go out and do need to be doing these other things that are that light me up um and that's Definitely. been so like transformative but yeah like as soon as I catch myself projecting onto him it's like again that's like oh yeah there's some work that needs to be done on me and it's different like sometimes like relationships like they're they are toxic <laughs> and you, mm. some people are in situations and it isn't, it completely isn't about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think yeah. it's really important to say that because some per- like, I know in the past I've been in situations where I've been like, Oh God, it's me. <laughs> like, And they're gaslighting you, <laughs> but actually yeah. no, that there is, I mean, it's quite, it is quite nuanced, but there are different like red flags and green flags, I think. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, I, think, I see yeah. that. I was just gonna say I see them as like great mirrors for us mm, yeah you know and I think if we have that awareness of just turning that like you were doing turning it back to you and seeing like, what's going on here for me actually yeah. um that's like so healing yeah totally for the relationship without you even necessarily having to have a massive chat I think communication is so important but we often think like I know sometimes I'm like right I get a bee in my bonnet and yes let's just talk this out and that's the last yes. thing that my boyfriend yeah. definitely wants to do yeah I know if I yeah. just let it be things he opens up in a different we we talk about and work it out but in a completely different way to how we think it should be yeah Does that makes sense yeah definitely I think just understanding each other's needs you know and understanding how they are inherently like um I know in my design I'm an emotional person mm-hmm. and so giving myself space to allow myself to move through these waves of emotion um before actually getting clarity on getting my truth on things whereas Andrew he is non-emotional and you know his decision making comes instantly he doesn't need space and time to sort of breathe to work through it all mm-hmm. to you know dive into the the solar plexus the the emotion center um and so just having that simple awareness of one another, like how we operate energetically, um, he now gives me the space, like when we've got a big decision to make or, you know, he'll ask me, you know, like where on the wave are you? Have you come crashing <laughs> to shore yet? Or, like, <laughs> you know, what's going on? Yeah. And, um, and then just simply like witnessing these, these things that were actually quite triggering for us. So in our electromagnetics, in our charts, when we put our human design charts on top of one another, mm we have the channel of money that comes together as what we call an electromagnetic. And when this channel shows up as an electromagnetic, it can be um, an area of contention within the relationship. So it's good just to have this awareness because all of our, we never really argue about anything other than money. Right. 
And I remember like having a first a relationship reading done when I was studying, he was like, my teacher was saying to me like, you need to, when this shows up, it's like, you need to know who's got the purse strings really. And where we'd both been trying to have the purse strings, it just totally hadn't worked. And it was right. creating this tension. As soon as we had that awareness and we shifted and we consciously like gave one or the other the purse strings, it totally transformed like our relationship with yeah. money. Wow. Um, and so it was so powerful just to see like this simple energetic sh- of what was going on with us um, and make it into something beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's just like the power of knowing ourself and our partners. Yeah. Um, it's so so key it just gives us these tools and also I think for a lot of people especially if they are into spirituality and mysticism and all of that a lot of people aren't in relation if they are if you are in a relationship aren't often with people that are aware in that way (laughs) and I don't I don't think you have to be spiritual to be aware because I know some people that are completely non-spiritual and so like aware yeah. like self-aware yeah so self-aware mm-hmm. or they're they they've got those spiritual principles down but in their own in their own way yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah you have to be like but I think people often people are like oh that is your boyfriend spiritual or like you don't have to be it doesn't matter if oh they gosh. are but same like if you are like being the one that has all of this these tools it can help you just kind of navigate yeah completely and just have that self-awareness because when you have that language for you like it's for you like it's like yeah I'm really emotional like I'm like like I've got these ways when you when you understand it you then have a language to then communicate it to that other person and then it just lands because if we're like I'm just feeling this but I don't know why and that like most people like regardless of their gender it would be like yeah okay what do you want me to do but if you're like I don't know I mean it's really tricky but if you've kind of had that time that you said to go away or or it, some people it might be talking to a friend or have a having sessions with a coach or a therapist or doing some journaling yes. um or meditating on it um but just giving yourself that space and that distance to kind of think okay what do I need to ask for that person what do I need to feel supported because often I think we expect the other person to know intuitively because the movies tell us <laughs> that yeah. we're gonna be in a relationship with know. someone that just gets yeah. us and it just reads yes. our minds yeah and often it isn't like that and I think there's a reason why we are with those people yes yeah because we're drawn to you know I, I'm I resonate with what you're saying it's like Andrew you wouldn't necessarily describe him as a spiritual person um but he's so self-aware and he's so you know spiritual in his own kind of way yeah um, and I think sometimes some of us just don't need to meet that traditional spiritual path in our lifetime because no. perhaps we've mastered it in a previous one or we're going to meet it in another one um and yeah it's like you don't I used to get confused just like are we aligned or and actually I realized that he meets me um at such a great place because we have our own paths and we're on our own journeys and we can come together and you know move apart again and then yeah. come and yeah there's this and that's kind part of, dance of a relationship I think I mean I think I've talked about this but I don't know on something else I don't know if it's on this podcast but like I go through phases like where in my relationship where I'm like yeah you're the best person ever like yeah. <laughs> I love it like you're great and then there's other yeah. times where I'm like are you maybe I'd be better off are we even matched? yeah exactly <laughs> and I'm like on oh, right move like normally on like, set, like when I'm very due on my period like like daydreaming about moving somewhere with just me and the cat but oh my um, God. yeah that kind of happens but I think that's part of the pro like you kind of come in and come out and 
I always know it's like even when you were saying when you had that that realization earlier on in, in the year also I think we have these tension points in our relationships and it's kind of make or break but when we push through and we allow it and kind of not force it but just give that space we it, it expands the relationship so yeah. that understanding and that acceptance and that intimacy it come it's just it just takes the relationship to the next level yeah and I think you have to have that contraction beforehand before you actually yeah have that expansive sort yeah. of moment you kind of you know it doesn't happen just fluidly um it involves like work yeah um yeah and it's so beautiful when we we're kind of more receptive and more intuitive and listening to what's going on within the body um to help guide us totally totally and that's the other thing I think a lot of people don't talk about relationships that much or we Mm. see people and they're like oh yeah like they're so perfect yeah (laughs) like I I mean this is like a really extreme (laughs) I was talking to my one of um like my friends about this the other day and this is a really extreme example but she was following this girl on Instagram she's like oh my god like she's got this dream life like this dream guy is always buying her amazing presents and da, da, da. and then like this girl's like come out and just like yeah he beats her and all of like really toxic abusive relationship so mm-hmm. we can it's so easy to make up stories make up stories of, and yeah. see that show real but I mean like that's not always the case like that's what I'm saying like, this is a mega extreme yeah. example but there's so much else going on and just because you're seeing this which doesn't mean that they haven't had an argument like five minutes before because they haven't emptied the dishwasher. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> or, 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 yeah. some, like, or something, like you just don't know or that there's, you just, yeah. It's that like toxic positivity piece, isn't it? And I think we have to remember as we're scrolling and, you know, online that we are seeing a fraction, like a milli, yeah. a fraction of, of these people's lives. And I think always take that with a pinch of, yeah. you have no idea what's going on for like the 99% of the rest of the time. So, so then compare ourselves and um, yeah, we'll feel like we haven't made progress or, or whatever area of life is um just remind ourselves that actually that is not a reality I mean it, it could well be a reality but yeah oh yeah um, like and we hope yeah. that it is <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we also yeah. need to have like that be objective with it because also that can it doesn't even have to be on Instagram it can be like a friend or a workmate or something that we're like oh yes. yeah her life is like or that his life or their life is perfect but and they're like yeah yeah but they're not admit they don't want to say I don't know. I was going to say like, like that they're, do you mean that they're not getting on with their partner or they've just had an argument with it, yeah. or they're worrying about this or da, da, da. Like, you just never know. Mm, yeah. It's just an invitation to be graceful, isn't it? Yeah. With like your energy and um, just, yeah. Lean into what you have and celebrate what you have. Mm, yeah, totally. Yeah. And just like what you were saying earlier, like just appreciating it, like mm. really appreciating where you're at and, and also giving us both if it is really wrong and you're getting that feeling all the time that this is wrong, like not yes. just on certain days of the month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it's going on for like, hang on a minute, that this year there's been more days where we have, you know, like, or I really don't feel like respect or there's certain things that are non-negotiable and the red flag that that's very different. Yes, definitely. And I think um, that's where 
for example, your authority in human design, your unique decision-making can really help you work through this yeah. um, because you know that any decisions that are made in alignment with how you came to make decisions um, are going to be the right ones when you when you trust them inherently. Um, so, you know, some of us are kind of here to make instant decisions based on the gut feeling, whereas some of us, there is this emotional process. Mm-hmm. For others, it's about talking it out, about using others as a soundboard mm-hmm. to get clarity. And, you know, for reflectors, um, who I think we actually forgot to... Yeah, to I was just like, yeah, quickly talk about reflectors. There might be a reflector being like, what about me? What about me? I did think yeah. as you were talking... Even like my podcast, um, I had a meeting with like a chat with my podcast editor the other day and he was like, write notes. And I was like, uh, really? And he's like, yeah, write notes because then you won't forget things. And now I'm like, yeah. when he's listening back to this, which he will. He's going to laugh. He's going to be like, this is, yes. <laughs> why do you need to write this yes. But yeah, for the, for the reflectors. Yes. Um, well, yeah. I mean, for them, it might be about sort of taking this this whole lunar cycle to mm. get clarity on decisions right. and therefore giving them space time um giving themselves space and time to get clarity mm-hmm. um and and reflectors are the they're just one percent of the population and they are lunar beings rather than the solar beings which the other um types that we've spoken about are and as lunar beings they're very open um and you know as it says sort of in the name they reflect back mm. so they tell us all like the temperature of what's going on and so there it's really key for them to get themselves into the right environment and have the right people around them um so that they stay healthy themselves because if they're constantly around perhaps toxic people or environments that's not working for them or workplaces where they're feeling drained and you know not in flow then they're going to feel that deeply within themselves because when you look at their chart it's all white right and if you just imagine that as like an energy board Mm -hmm. everyone think of the outside world as having all of these different colors Mm. it's almost like they're walking through with this blank canvas and everyone's putting their flavor on them right and so it's about kind of learning that they are everything but then also um taking time to sort of let go of the outside world and coming back to their center of like of 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 like blankness not in terms of they are blank people but like if that purity more neutrality yeah I guess of like um they're just very subject to influences of the outside world and so it's just having that awareness of like oh where am I taking on the emotions of somebody where have I picked up on the fears where am I experiencing the pressure from the outside world oh am I feeling that other person's ego right what's going on energetically and so their their whole strategy is to uh, is about waiting a whole for a whole lunar cycle um and what happens here is and human design, we have these different gateways in the sky. So much like with the constellations in astrology, the sun, the moon, the planets, they're all moving through these different gateways, which are activating different energies. And so for the, for the moon to go around the cycle of the gateways, the reflectors are going to feel different at each point because there's an imprint of energy that's sort of changing right. within the whole moon cycle. And so they don't actually get clarity until they've moved through that whole realm of experience and of feelings. So that's why they're here to kind of wait a lunar cycle to get um, to their decisions. And they're here to not make decisions very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for the bigger things in life, of course, like we can't wait 28 days to decide what like, to have for dinner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, um, just knowing this about the bigger things mm. and just giving ourselves like space and time and knowing like where we're taking on energy from the outside world is really, I think, healing. 
Um, but yeah, super rare beings and deeply connected to the moon's um, movements. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So with the like decision making, then is that does each human design type have their own? Is that where that comes from then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So as you're looking up your chart, you'll, you'll see something that's called authority, um, inner authority, and that will speak to how you make decisions. So for you, it's My sacral. sacral yeah. Yeah. So sacral, so 50% or 51% of us are emotional. And then you've got just slightly less who are sacral and sacral is this, this feeling in the gut, this kind of rising and falling or like, um, this it's very binary. It's either a yes or a no. Yeah, totally. and there's kind of no gray. <laughs> yeah. And you just know instantly, mm-hmm. it's not like you need to ride this emotional wave mm-hmm. or give yourself this space. It's just an inherent knowing mm-hmm. that's living in the body. Um, and then you have people who are um, what we call splenic. So um, they have a um, this intuitive and instinctive response that's kind of speaking to them um, that's very in the moment and it only speaks once and it doesn't repeat itself. And so it's deeply connected to this feeling of um, just... Uh, like a resonance that we mm-hmm. feel to keep us alive because the spleen is the oldest awareness center in, in the human design right. body graph okay. and the chart. And that's all connected to our fears and our instincts. So that's a very unique kind of all trust in these intuitive hits that we're getting and much less tangible. We might not say physically feel it in our stomach. I mean, for you, you've got a defined spleen, so you're going to get these instinctive, intuitive hits, but you also have the sacral sending right. you messages as well. Mm-hmm. So it's learning like the intricacies of what's going on in the energy body yep. to help, um, yeah, help us with our decision making. Um, yeah, and then you have people who are here to fully make decisions based on their heart's wishes, right? Um, or nice. make decisions. Through, <laughs> yes, yeah. well, maybe not that easy though. <laughs> wow, well, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> this this comes with it this big sort of. Um, responsibility to just let go of what others think and actually just go on after unapologetically the things that we want in our heart um and you know we're often conditioned to sort of serve others and put others before us whereas for these people it's energetically correct for them to kind of really just um yeah pursue their heart's wishes and let go of that noise in the outside world of like oh I should be doing this um and then, yeah, you might have people who um, who speak out or who have these people that they can soundboard off or, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of different sort of unique, but you've only got one and that's just your inherent decision making. Um, and when you trust in it, then you, um, and you align with your design, then you know that things will fall into place in the way that they um are meant to oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, amazing so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. I mean, they do, don't they? When we trust ourselves and we understand what our process is. Mm. And sometimes that just is reflecting on like going back at those times, maybe the few times that you have trusted that or gone with your whatever that is or naturally how that's worked out. It gives us kind of, yeah, more proof and confidence Mm. to trust that more going forward. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, for me, it's been a game changer, like trusting in my emotional authority, like not committing to things in like the height of it, but actually just allowing things to kind of breathe a full cycle of like being up there, like in the yes, the high that this feels amazing. And also coming down to the low, Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is not right. And actually, no, I don't want to commit my energy to this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) I've saved a lot of money by like not acting, um, 
you know, in, I guess instinctively on like buying courses and stuff mm-hmm. now, which I used to all the time. And yeah. now I just give myself to move through that emotional piece. And, um, you know, cause I did find that I was, so my moon's in Gemini and my son's in, I've got loads of planets in Gemini and like very curious by nature, always wanting to like <laughs> learn and like, um, I'm always on to like the next thing, very changeable, yeah. just like, you know, this air energy. Um, and what I realized is that I was missing this piece of integration with it all, that I was just going from one piece to the next. And I wasn't actually fully integrating, you know, the work and doing that, um, piece of really recognizing what was going on, but actually just striving for the next thing, mm-hmm. you know, like the next reading or the next course or yeah, you're smiling. Yeah, like, I'm, you, I'm like, yeah, that's how I felt like, yeah. when I, when, with the book, uh, that's what was coming through for me. It's like that burnout was also like integrate yes before you go on to the next thing that's what was coming up for me massively but again we don't and I'm thinking about because with the moon phases it's like the moon phases and the moon cycle is like a strategy or a guide Um, and it shows that what that perfect whole process is we think the process is make shit happen (laughs) Yeah. yeah have the idea go done Mm. (laughs) but actually when we work with the moon cycle it's like the new the new moon is like the new idea the waxing Mm -hmm. moon making it happen that waning that full moon energy of that culmination um that doesn't necessarily have to mean that that happens in the in everything happens within a month normally it doesn't (laughs) the bigger things don't happen that quickly but then the way no yeah waning moon after the full moon is about releasing and letting go and making space but the dark moon, which I don't think people talk about a lot, and it's coming through for me a lot more at the moment, is that integration, is yes. that stillness, is that is when that we need that pause because again, like we were saying earlier, that's when the ideas come through and we're going back into that new moon phase and we're going. So that's why it's like trusting that we're exactly where we need to be. And even with the tarot, you have the major arcana, which are 20, 22 cards that represent the kind of like stages of life and the process. And it's not like you start with the fall and it starts with the fall and it ends in the world. It's not like you get to the world and you're like game out, but you can either just chill back, and like chill out because you've yeah, done yeah, it. I'm done. It's a spiral. <laughs> it goes round, but yeah. actually understanding hang on, where am I in that process? I think it just gives us a little bit more, um, I just don't know what that's just spaciousness because you know that there's another step we can get we can think that we're stuck often because we're resisting where we are or we're just not making a decision mm. sometimes it's like just make a decision <laughs> doesn't have to be massive to get things moving and the decision might be I'm not going to think about this for a little while yeah because it's not coming through yeah that might be the decision or a decision might be like I'm just going to book that course because I keep thinking about it and I'm resisting and all of these thoughts are coming up as like, that's a lot of money. I don't deserve it. Or what if, what if that fails or if I don't make money out of it? Like all the things like, just book the course. (laughs) Just book the course because then you'll know. Um, And it's that process. But when knowing that, hang on a minute, well, maybe I am in that waxing moon phase and I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling inspired. I want to make things happen. But maybe, but knowing that, that full moon phase like is good and things might get a bit intense p- potentially, but then in that waning moon phase or when you're in that waning moon phase and things are releasing, maybe not even on your terms, like maybe mm-hmm. you've just found out that you are getting made redundant, even though you mm-hmm. hate your job and <laughs> you haven't wanted to be there for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. your um, friends have told you that they're moving out or you've got to move place and you're like, oh, like that can be that waxing moon energy where you're kind of like, oh, but it's creating space for that new beginning. 
Mm, I love that. But understanding that cycle, everything it's in nature. Cyclical. Yeah, it's cyclical. It's, I think for me, it's like, hang on a minute. This isn't going to last forever, but this is part of that process. So as soon as we realize that that's part of the process, it's like, how can I get comfy here? Embrace. Like, what's the, what's the best thing to be doing right now? Then it's like, okay, well, if I'm in this phase, like for me, for example, the with the book Full Moon Launch, and then waxing, the like letting it out, be out in the world is the kind of waning. And the dark yeah. moon is the kind of just integrate yes. and reflect and then go into that next thing. So I think there's so much under, when we understand that it gives us permission to, I don't know, and maybe just reassurance. Mm. Yeah. And also just the awareness that life is cyclical itself, you know, it's full of highs and lows and it's a journey of transformation. Like things don't stand still or, you know, if we're in having this low moment, then there will be a time where the light comes in as well and it is cyclical and it changes and we change with it as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've got the five at gate number five in mm-hmm. your chart, which is all about the na- attuning to natural rhythms. Oh, yeah, things, yeah. Like <laughs> I wasn't sure if that would be the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's there. So, um, you know, having these rituals in place and then aligning to the natural rhythms and just what, really the wisdom or the gift that comes with this energy is patience mm. um and just noticing where we're in the shadow of impatience and how can we tune into the gift of patience and just know that everything has divine timing you know just um also when we're coming into the light of like I always imagine like the plant seed kind of coming up from beneath the surface mm-hmm. and like the energy that's involved in like pushing that transformation through like when we can't cons- consistently stay at that level of um no. energy no you know? as, as fun yeah. as it might feel at, the, <laughs> at <Yeah>. that time <laughs> yeah so yeah to take that moment to come in just in like in astrology um with human design you have the 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 moon activating the different gateways in the sky and so for example with the full moon coming up um tomorrow it's going to be activating gateway number 22 and 22 is all about grace and so here's an invitation with the light of the full moon to see how can we be more graceful how can we ease into things more and just allow that simplicity of life to kind of um shower us rather than um yeah being in the perhaps the the more masculine side of things and so just surrendering for me grace is almost like a mystical energy it's a feminine beautiful energy and you have to get 22 in your your venus (laughs) yeah yeah in your venus in your human design and um it's yeah it's really nice to start knowing like how these different pieces sort of come together and build up the picture but um it is similar to you know so we'll have the full moon in Aries and actually there's an energetic imprint here that's happening but also with human design like there's an invitation to look at the the energy of what's going on there and um it's having and working with these natural cycles and these wisdoms this thing helps realign us yeah, I think t- totally yeah, it's just like there's just check-in points. Mm. Yeah. I think. Because when we're checking in, that's when we're in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Like we're in the present. And that's where the, again, when the magic happens, when we're here. Not yes. when we're like, oh, is this going to happen? Or when is that going to happen? Why hasn't yeah. that happened? Or that hasn't happened? Or, you know, all of these things. It's like, hang on, just where I am. Where am I at right now? What What is coming up for me? That's where that's where I think we feel best in ourselves yes yeah definitely and um 
you know, you, I witness you do this so beautifully. It's like I learned so much from you about the way that you, um, yeah, you integrate and you move with the cycles. And, um, I think having that higher level of awareness and that consciousness is kind of part of your light in this world. Mm. Um, yeah, (laughs) even in your chart, you know, you've got the sun in, in gateway number 17 and, um, gateway 17 it lives in the mind center and it's sometimes about sort of substantiating opinions but overall the the energy that kind of comes with it is this attunement to higher levels of consciousness and if we think of the energy of the sun as our life's work as that kind of masculine father um light that we're holding on then we can have an idea or get an idea about what our purpose and our place is in the world with human design um and then you've got the earth energy which is how we ground that and for you, it sits in gateway number 18, which is all about, um, sits in the spleen. It's this intuitive wisdom about how to fix things, how to make things better. Now, your moon energy is going to be the thing that's driving you, the driving force, almost like the elder daughter that wants to help the mum, uh-huh. um, yeah, shine the, 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 the father's message or the light, you know, of mm-hmm. our life's work. Um, and that for you is in the emotion center and it's all about these emotional experiences and through these emotional experiences, we can understand ways intuitively to help us do things better or fix or perfect things. Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah, with this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so with this, it's like overall, um, you continue to shine your light of consciousness um, and I just, yeah, I think this is such a beautiful medicine to know and to help us see and understand our, our place in the mm. world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that there. Little mini reading. Oh, <laughs> All right, so like, listen back. To, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen back to it. Well, I mean, I do anyway, but I'm going to like listen back and take extra notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, my last. Well, no, I've got two last. Got two more questions. Sure. Something that I ask everybody on this podcast is that if you could go back to another phase in your life. When would that be? And yeah, that could be to like just enjoy it or to tell yourself something, give yourself a message or something that you took from that. What would that be? Mm. I think it would probably be when I was in my early 20s and I was feeling very lost and confused about um, what I was doing. You know, I'd graduated with this degree in law and I was potentially on this path to become a lawyer and I was just so lost, Mm. (laughs) you know, that early twenties kind of difficult period where you're just trying to navigate life. Um, and I probably would go back and just tell her like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) You know, just trust, um, and things will fall into place. You don't need to pursue aggressively to hustle, to, you know, to, to to strive Mm. um and when you surrender um and listen I mean this at this point I was having like severe anxiety Mm. attacks like regularly um yeah that was just so overwhelming that I just yeah tell her to to kind of to trust in life um yeah, I think Aww. that would be it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's yeah. someone that's listening to this as well. It's probably like, I needed to hear that now. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I think that's such a beautiful, um, yeah, just message and medicine. Mm. Just, because, again, we are just told, like, we do think to get 
we've got to strive and hustle and the harder we work the more likely we're going to get what we want or be deserving of it but actually just being ourselves is enough yes yeah you are enough Mm. just as you are and and lean into your uniqueness Mm. Um, I get your human and, design chart ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I know. I know it wasn't meant to have it then. And I know I was meant to meet it, you know, later on. Of course. Um, and yeah. And I guess, you know, just, it, it is just another phase that, that was just a phase and it's temporary. Um, yeah. Um, and for anybody that, um, for anyone who wants to find you and work with you, where are the best places to get you? Yeah, so um, I'm on Instagram and my handle is at liveyourdesign, so L-I-V-Y-O-U-R, design. Um, and my website is actually changing in the process of changing at the moment. So um, it's going to be www.embodiedhumandesign.com. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of, yeah, there's love. just been a shift. Mm. in my work which is kind of tuning into the more yeah the subtle body and the the body consciousness piece within human design and so um yeah there's kind of like an it's taking on its um a new life and so yeah you can find me there and I've got a free Facebook group that you can kind of join and join the human design conversation so um yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love it thank you so much my love Oh, thanks for having me. It's been beautiful. Thanks for listening to this episode of Another Phase. I hope that you've enjoyed learning more about human design with Livy. As I mentioned in the introduction, this is the second version of the interview with Livy. But if you would like to listen to the first recording to learn even more about human design and manifestation and all of the other things that we talked about, you can go to my website, which is www.wolfsister.com to sign up to my mailing list. And you can also do that through the link in my bio on Instagram, which is at underscore underscore wolfsister. And you will get exclusive access to that recording when you sign up um, and that will be delivered to you into your inbox. As always, if you haven't already, I would recommend subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or following it on Spotify. If you are appreciating these conversations and getting a lot out of the series, please do show some love for the podcast by rating it and leaving a review. It would really help me to spread the word about the podcast so that hopefully it can reach more people who can benefit from these topics. So yeah, have a great day and I will see you next week with the latest episode of Another Phase.